This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like we always do about this time. Catching shit off the radio. <laughs> Put the tissue in the Tissue in the, the, the top. <laughs> tissue or the tape. They don't know about that. Respect heat homies. Respect heat homies. People keep asking if I'm back. And I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Phil Maddox. Davis backwards. Gandhi. Hip Hop 365. You know the time is the tissue and the tape. Adjust my tally and twine and design the great metaphors at a rate like cosplay. Don't need conventions to display my conviction upon date. MCs are rhythm and bit in peace like Gandhi. Four seat at the table getting milled, Solange eight. No hunger strikes or kicks in tight spaces. Jessic lyrics to elevate and physically separates us. You can debate us, but get your weight up. We'll wait and meditate since we are great with patience. What's the diagnosis? We are great with patience and pop is contagious worldwide, but you're racist. It's back with Davis, Phil, there's no basis Cause tissue in the tape makes America the greatest From beatboxing on slave ships Till we six feet in a box in a grave dip We raise this culture, culture. born to debone these vultures Picking the brains of the youth mumbling that insults us I post up with the rap radar that gets me vexed When he uplift trash like Charles S, that's complex Wait, I can read between the lines, it's not hate To suggest they don't need to rhyme, we just take it back Or rather choose to rewind when heat holders in the back of the twines is defense of the bond Jack Beasley, Native Son, it's the faculty first. Uh. Recording live from somewhere, it's the world's famous T-I-T-T, it's home team in the motherfucking house. No question. As always, it is I, Davis Backwards, and who states your name, gangsta? Philmatic365, a.k.a. Uh, Memphis Grizzly smiling, yo. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, as, as always, man, giving a shout out to everybody that's out there rocking with us. Uh, giving a, a huge shout out to everybody that's listened to the past uh 218 episodes and uh keep going know, read everything that we posted re re shared it and, and done keep all that going. stuff man. uh we, we we want you to definitely uh tune into this one here we have a very special guest yes, uh, yes someone that we've been clamoring to speak to for a while uh, someone that we've known for over 20 years believe it or not it's crazy yes, to think about it um Phil Maddox, we're gonna do our regular show, but man, we're gonna do it with you know someone that you know we we hold in high esteem, man. Yeah, man. Uh, from that true blue real hu, yeah, uh, you, you know how we do, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's always great, man, when you can break bread with uh with with uh with the real people, and and I hate using that term because everybody uses it, but it you have to use it when it's so fitting. You talk about genuine, you talk about authentic, you talk about actual genuine grown man. Handling his business, yeah. Raising his family, yeah. We—that's who we got with us tonight, man. This—this this is uh, twenty plus years in the making, right here. And this let me is, just say, I've been saying it quietly, but I'm gonna say it loudly, man. Talk to him. We about to talk to the future mayor of the, the district of. Hey, <laughs> man, let's get it, man. You know, so you know, I'm just putting that in the atmosphere. You yeah, know, man. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, without any further ado, no matter who we speaking to tonight, man. We, we, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking to uh, none other, uh, Mister Mister Silas Grant, man. Let's go. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on, guys? Hey, nothing much, man. Uh, Chilling, man. How you? Yeah, yeah. To talk to you, man. What's going on with you, man? All is well in the world for me, man. I, um, you know, I've just been transitioning over the last couple of months, man. Got a newborn daughter. My wife and I were. Thank you guys, man. Blessed to have her coming to our lives, man. So day in and day out for the last couple of weeks, I've been at home with her, just bonding. And, you know, that's been the primary source of my energy and, and entertainment throughout the day, man. As that's it awesome. should be, man. Uh, you, you, I always love to hear that, man. I I, I always, uh, not saying that our sons are less important, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, something, it's something special about having a baby girl, man. So. Yeah. Definitely uh, salute. I mean, I, and I know she got a, a great role model, the leader. Um, I will tell you uh, three things that you you have to remember. Okay. Uh, three things. Uh, actually, four. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, number num- number four. You you wipe <laughs> from. Major major key. Yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, Very important. Okay. Number, number three, never, never, under no circumstances, be ashamed to build up her self-esteem. Yeah. Don't, never let anybody tell you, oh, you're spoiling her. No, your job is to build up her self-esteem, make her feel like there's nobody more important than her. Yeah, yeah. Number two, always, always, always remember the lady, the lady that gave you the little lady. Always make time for the for your uh for your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 lastly and most important, <laughs> guns, shovels, alibis. <laughs> in, in, in that order, man. Uh, I mean, because uh, we 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 uh you know you know you know you know where we went to school. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so you you already know how people approach the young ladies, and you know. Hopefully, with with everything that's going on, we'll we'll they'll they'll get appreciated a little a little better than they should. But if not, it's gun shovels and alibis. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, what was funny is that like I, I I told someone I think two days ago. I'm glad I had a girl because if I had a boy, I think I would have probably neglected caring for him the way that I do my daughter. And being a first time parent being close to 40, you know, I think the attention that I give her and how much I pay attention to detail is really, really important, man. I think if I had a son moving forward, I think I'd be able to implement that, but I needed a girl at least first. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Uh, just, just briefly uh, being a father of two sons and um, I have to catch myself because sometimes just as you know, as a male with testosterone and all that, like you just like, oh, come on, man, suck it up, or yeah, you know, yeah. you're doing that, you know, with a with sometimes with a with an infant or someone that 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 you know is, is dealing with uh, primitive thoughts, so to speak. And yeah. You just got to just remember that, you know, you just got to just let them be who they are. And um, I know, uh, you know, obviously with with boys, again, it's just kind of just tough to just remember, like, hey, he's a kid, you know, just let him be that. Um, with the ladies. You know, I think that that is something that's kind of built in with us because we're used to being a little bit more gentler, a little Absolutely. bit more nurturing. So um, I'm glad you caught on, you guys caught on to that quickly. I feel you obviously knew it. 
solid sounds like you're right on the right path with that too yeah, yeah man sisters aunts yeah nieces you know yeah i mean it's just all all of just being around so much uh estrogen my whole life i, yeah. I had i had you know good teachers but yeah. yeah man definitely salute to you and your whole family your, your wife and your baby girl man i appreciate that bro for real so we we just want to tease a few things that we're going to talk about a little bit later but i, yeah, I, I just so uh one one of the huge things that's going on right now, obviously, is basketball season. You know, baseball is going on. You know, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. You know, not too long ago. But you know, you know, the NFL probably still reigns supreme in terms of just like the the eyeballs on it. Yeah. Um. You know, you're a DC native. Um. But I know I know one thing about you that the pe the people may not know. We're gonna talk about it a little bit later. Uh. People, people normally would assume that someone that was born and raised in in DC would, would be a Washington Redskins fan. Uh huh. But I, I know I know this one thing about you. That's not the case with you. Yeah. So um, I'll say this one: I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm. Um, uh, look, at, look at Phil's, Phil's face. <laughs> um, I also say this: you'd be surprised outside of Texas. I think. Um, DC may have the largest population of Cowboys yeah. fans. Yeah, I, I would not be actually because living living down here in seven five seven. Yeah, it, it, it's it's cowboy heavy. Yeah, uh, yeah. down here, yeah. Philly surprisingly too. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I, I've got some friends. Um, I, I've got a friend that grew up in DC in his teenage years. Came from Philly, went to DC, went back to Philly. He's a Cowboy fan. And just talking to him, you know, he was telling me how there are a lot of uh, Cowboys fans there too. Who, who hurt y'all, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's, man. it's always good to uh, hear about that. We're gonna talk about that just a little bit later. But also, man, uh, DC politics is something that I know that you know, you know, a, a few things about yourself. Um, yes. Before we get into that a little bit later, man, what what are this? Uh, what's one thing that we need to know about DC politics as it pertains to on a local level that people might not know? So DC is not a state. Oh, there you um, go. So <laughs> we 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 don't have representation. We don't have voting representation in Congress. Right. Um, all of our legislative bills have to be reviewed by Congress. Um, so we don't have full autonomy and, you know, one of the things that I don't think I do as good of a job as I need to is telling my friends across the country that we need help from other folks in other states to advocate for us to be able to have a vote in Congress. We don't have that right now. And, um, you know, our, our, our slogan is taxation without representation. So we yeah. get taxed, but we don't have representation in Congress. It, is is the is DC situation similar to how Puerto Rico is? Is it is it that kind of thing where where the the laws for Puerto Rico um, they govern themselves, but as far as like like the the major laws, they still go through through Congress. No, so our situation is a little different than Puerto Rico. Um, we, we we don't have as much separation, um, but again you know we we have our own council and our own mayor and you know take for example pennsylvania you guys would have a state senator a u.s senator you'd have um you know your local representatives your u.s representatives all these different layers 
right? Our, our city council and our mayor, like 13 council members and our one mayor, they represent all those layers. So, gotcha. you know, whereas oh. like a state rep has like a, you know, a regular job and they go up to the assembly for like two months, the council, they work 24 seven, seven days a week, year round. So there's a lot more responsibility that are, you know, that's pretty much in their lap versus what you would see from an average elected official in Virginia or Pennsylvania or Texas or wherever. Yep. And plus with the states, you have your governor and you have all their staff yeah. and, all, and everybody that, that works on their behalf to get initiatives uh, put through for the states. And it's the, a machine. And the, yeah. Uh, yeah so <laughs> it's like DC is really indie. Yeah, so they would have to actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, they, they would have to do like a, a you know, it'd have to be an amendment to the Constitution. Right. Um, for us to have a vote without us being a state, so. How, you know. how, cl how close, I know it's gotten to the floor and it's, you know, something that's uh, obviously been uh, talked about, but like how close is that to happening? Like, will we ever see that? It's closer now than it's been before. Um, but the, the, the argument has been a party line argument where, if they were to give us the vote, the Republicans, because DC typically votes Democrat, the Republicans are asking for an additional um, voting district. Uh, I forgot what state, it may be Utah, yeah. but an additional <laughs> voting uh, uh, district so that they offset that. Because you know, if you add a vote that's gonna be Democrat every time, then they kind of lose down the line, so. Utah would probably be the one. That, yeah, that would yeah, be, yeah, that'd be yeah. a good one. Yeah, Carl Malone be out there, right, right, <laughs> repping, yeah, repping. But um, now I, I have a theory. Um, do you think that this would happen um, as gentrification starts to get heavier and heavier in DC? Do you think that those uh, Republicans and you know uh, they'll start to come around a little more as? The complexion of the city gets lighter and lighter I, I i think that's a possibility um and for a couple of reasons one um i think that the city's getting lighter and lighter but the the voting population is becoming more sophisticated and the advocacy is becoming more sophisticated and i think what's happening is that when you have a more sophisticated voting population with more money and more resources and more creativity and they speak the language that people on yeah. the hill want to hear Gosh. right so you know it's not just the complexion but it's also like the sophistication of the population that we have in dc now i'll give you one example um back in the day our police department didn't require college credits for officers now i believe the threshold is like 60 hours i mean 60 credits that you had to have completed to be an officer and a part of that is you've got to be able to be equipped to speak to the population you're serving so even the service providers in the city there's more of a requirement for them just based on you know the level of sophistication that we see with our new population that's that's a buzzword ladies and gentlemen uh, when he says sophistication that that's actually just a better way of uh of kind of just conveying what phil was saying as far as lighter and lighter yeah 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 and i mean I, you know, it's it's really it, it's really interesting when you come to the ground level in DC to see how it looks now. It's so much different than what you guys may have seen on your spring breaks, going to Howard right. and things like that for you know to hang out. Yeah. It's totally different now. Yeah.
My man yeah. Capone wouldn't recognize it. <laughs> At all, man. Oh, hey, look, Phil. Hey, Phil. I was in Philly like maybe three or four years ago, right? And yeah. I had I had my bicycle with me, and I was riding around in North Philly, and I saw a loose wow. dog. Man, wow. I just get a kick out of riding it in the cities, right? Man, you are a brave. I'm from there, and I man. Hey, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so I'm riding a bike, man, and I see like loose dogs, and I just see stuff that I haven't seen in DC like in 15 years, and it was like refreshing. Like, man, a loose dog, like you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, 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 Phil, Philly's getting there. They're, 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 I, I think once once Temple finishes that stadium, if that ever actually gets officially done, and it seems like it will be a done deal. You'll start to see it more, but you've already seen. There's a lot of areas that that were the worst of the worst that have, you know, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes now yeah. in Philly. You know, so. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, obviously, this is our introduction. Everybody, this is Silas Grant. He's going to be taking this journey on a uh, um, on the tape with uh, the Heat holders uh, for the next. Uh, you know, a couple minutes. So uh, we appreciate him again. Thank you for rocking out with us. As always, uh, we, we are rec- we are recording courtesy of ourselves. We also have some affiliates we want to give a shout out to. The War Room Sports Podcast Network. Yes, yeah. Uh, salute to them. Salute to uh, Devin, Jimmy, B. Austin of uh, the War Room. Uh, salute to uh, Burton's as well. Uh, Join Appetit, one of the best podcasters out there. Talionetwine.com, give a salute to Randy Williams. Recently uh, just had a, a birthday. Salute to him. Yes, sir. Uh, black owned business. Uh, he, he's watching. When it comes when it comes to the fine time pieces, definitely check out uh, talionetwine.com. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Maggie Tra, the whole uh, stimulate your soul uh, movement that's going on. Uh, Farside.tv. Uh, Phil, um, yeah, man, we, we're just ready to get into this I, conversation. Oh, oh, our brother DJ Rick yeah. D's and yes. uh, Turntable Institute definitely got to yeah. get him a shout out. Right, um, right there in Hampton Roads, you can check uh, him out. Uh, everything that he's got going on, uh, DJ Rick G's.com. Check him out on 103 Jams. Check mm-hmm. him out uh, at the residencies he has around town, as well as like Phil said, Turntable Institute. About to, about to start yeah. doing this concert series. Uh, they they yeah. just announced one, man. Uh, Red yeah. Ghost about to be here, yo. Yeah, yeah. Strictly respect he holders. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Phil, since the last time we spoke, man, there's been a lot that's going on, but only Four one lot. thing uh, can be considered the most beautiful. Talk to him, man. This this uh, particular topic we're about to talk about now took me back to, to senior year in high school, man. Yeah, man. I went uh, into CVS today. <laughs> and, you know, CVS, we have magazines uh, from like uh, four months ago. In the movie, <laughs> you know, they barely Word. replenished their stock, but they sure did have Tyra Banks's uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model uh, uh, magazine. Uh, they definitely had that uh, on the front counter, but they had it so that she was covered up. So you could really only see her face. So it was amazing just to, to see that. Like still, um, in, yeah. In 2019. Like, that's that's yeah, what we doing there. That's that's what it is. But it was still just refreshing to see a magazine like that. It was like on the front counter, like buy. I almost bought it. Like I really almost purchased it. But um, I guess my question to you guys is: first of all, did you see that? Uh, did it take you back to to senior year 1997? 
and then just what are your thoughts about that? I mean, like Tyra, you know, did, did she just not eat for like six months? <laughs> yeah. Let's start with you, Silas. What do you think, man? Man, so I, I didn't see the full spread, but like, you know, in a couple of group chats, guys were talking about it. And um, I think more than anything else, right? Like, guys were not being mongrels or anything like that. Like, they were more like amazed, like, wow, 20 something years later, like, she was able to put herself in a position where, you know, it was above presentable. It was actually, like, you know, a, a real good showing from her, like, in terms of like her being in shape and, you know, preserving herself, man. And um, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. I don't know how old Tyra is. I believe she's a a few years older than us. I believe. Like yeah. yeah, and it's like I don't know what it is about our year, but we had that year where everyone went to the carry out after school every day, right? <laughs> and and that really took a tear on. She's forty five. Excuse me. She's forty five. Okay, that's I'll tell you even better. That's perfect. So she's right above that generation that went to the carry out every day and got wings and fries, right? So they don't really like people extra, like extra mambo sauce. Yeah, extra mambo sauce, right? Like and, and, and the great drink. But like people like people like her and Shante Moore and women that are like 45 to like 51, 52. You know they are right a cut above that generation that was eating crazy every day and so yeah. like it probably wasn't as hard for her to get back she right. you know she still looks the same and she was focused too right like yeah. she, she's just different when it comes she probably has a different relationship with food than most people yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So what do you think yeah I, I i took it back exactly uh almost exactly 20 years um picture it hampton 1999 for the 99 and the 2000s. And <laughs> uh, I'm going to find this picture, but there's a picture of of me and B Johnson. We stayed in the cottages. And I have I have a poster of Tyra Banks on the wall. She just so happens to be wearing a yellow bikini. Mm. Um for those who haven't seen the cover of the new Sports Illustrated, she's wearing a yellow bikini. <laughs> I would I would be willing to bet you know in uh some uh perfect world that is the same yellow <laughs> bikini from 1999. i'm going to find that i, I i'm going to i'm going to find that picture and i'm gonna post it because it's a picture of the room and you can see a, a perfect shot of the poster in the room so that that's the first thing that i thought of when i saw i was like yo that looks like let me my, let me ask y'all this form sophomore year i feel like i've seen both of you guys at least your college rooms um do you ever miss putting stuff on the walls like you know like <laughs> you know like posters and stuff i i, I didn't put any <laughs> i didn't put anything on the, on the wall but my mom was talking about this the sunday before last man she came in my room sophomore year and leon and i lived together yeah you <laughs> being my son leon yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he, he had the little kim hardcore picture yes. up on the wall and you can imagine my mom walking in in 1998 and seeing that and i didn't like say anything but i gave her this look like that's not mine <laughs> let's be clear yeah, that's as, not mine. As, as long as, as long as we take a score that's not mine yeah <laughs> well as you can see uh 
like I, I was I was blessed to have a, a, a beautiful young lady who, who who truly understands me and and she she gave me my own little corner of the world so uh y'all can y'all can kind of get an idea of yeah. the wall the walls are still the walls yeah it, it, it's not as is they're just in frames now First, <laughs> uh thumbtacks in the little, little uh plastic you could get yeah. from uh Walmart <laughs> so you yeah. can put holes in the wall but um yeah it's it's something about having you know the things that represent you surrounding you and it's funny every time somebody comes in here they be like yo that's dope i wish i could do that i'm like yo if you my my uncle literally just said it like a couple you know about an hour ago before you before we started this and i'm like you own your house you you could yeah he was like he was like nah just (laughs) I'm He's like, like, I got other battles to fight, man. Yeah, it, but but he doesn't. He's retired. Yeah. It's just him and and, and, and my cousin, who's yeah. a 21 year old, who he yeah. loved to put something on the wall. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, but he he's about to move out anyway. So it's just really just a matter of you know having that that mindset of right. you know this is this is a a monument to the things I enjoy. I mean, then you can't. I'm not going to throw it all around the house, but right. in this little sanctuary you know i mean this is this is the uh command center yeah you know what i mean is your uncle married nope oh i i thought that was the barrier like my nope. wife wouldn't let me do it oh okay. no 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 uh one 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 day i'm gonna get him to be on this podcast and, and i promise you that'll that'll be the one <laughs> that'll either get us taken off of the internet or make us or make us famous nah, my mom was not married <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah well salute to uh tyra like i said definitely there's so many facets to it besides just um just the visuals to it but like uh both of you gentlemen said just a testament to her determination to not only take care of herself but to also be motivation because i'm sure you know this is obviously going to serve as an inspiration to you know young ladies you know all across the globe for years how much hate do you think she's receiving right now as, as people that saw that that yeah that, that remember her from higher learning or yeah, yeah. or fresh prince of bel-air you know, and, territory but yeah, yeah no definitely probably a lot yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's all types of speculation of how right. it is she can still look like that. But right. man, just don't ask why. Just just accept it, man. Yeah, that's it. All right, Silas, we do a little thing uh, called tit for tat, man. This is our next segment where okay. we these are just our thoughts, right or wrong, just how you feeling at the time, man. All right, all right. Like like you said, once upon a time, man, wrong feeling, man. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you no. Know, hey, we we we're roaming this situation. However you feel, that's what we rocking with. So, okay. um, <clears throat> obviously, again, hip hop culture is what we're into. But we we go by the the model of everything's hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. So when we hear such things as uh, you know Steve Harvey talking about you know people you know rich people don't sleep eight hours a day, you know Phil, you think about sleep. You think about dreaming, you think about nightmares, and then you think about Philadelphia, and you think about Meek Mill, you think uh-huh. about dreams and nightmares. Like this is where our brains go constantly, and I'm sure this happens with you all the time, Silas, too. So, so our question with this one here is, is it a dream or a nightmare the past couple of weeks that Steve Harvey's been going through? Not only just the backlash from his comments, but also just the fact that his show is canceled, you know, his yeah. daytime show. 
Yeah. And then also the fact that uh, he's been replaced now by Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. as the host of Little Big Shots. Has this two weeks, because, you know, they say uh, publicity can either be, you know, it can always be good. Any type of publicity is good. But in this case here, is it a dream or a nightmare for Steve Harvey these past couple of weeks? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a dream. Okay. Um, I, I at one point I did not not like Steve Harvey. Yeah, I did not like him. Um, I would say in the last six months, I've spent time kind of watching interviews with him. He has a very bad way of <laughs> making a point. Yeah, <laughs> but the foundation of his points are typically on point. It's just that we can't get beyond the fact that it's Steve. Yeah. Um. The, the, the sleep thing in particular, man. So I'm at home right now with my daughter and it's not really up to me to be productive. I don't have any assignments, I'm off of work, but I've got projects that I'm working on. And last week was a very unproductive week for me. And a lot of it came from the fact that I just did not sacrifice the time and take an extra hour from sleep and just work on some stuff. Yeah. And, um. When I, it was ironic that Steve talked to, well, it came up that week, you know, it went right. viral. And honestly, he said it the wrong way. You know, he offended people. Whenever you start talking about what rich people do, right. folks get offended, right? <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you work eight hours, you get an hour lunch. It takes you an hour to get to work. It takes you an hour to get home from work. It takes you an hour to get ready for work. It takes you a couple of hours to bond with your kids and your family. If you try to sleep eight hours, you're not gonna have much time to get your dreams done. Right. So, you know, I understood where he was coming from, and I think for him, you could have wrote that for him. He, he yeah. definitely would have been better off. Yeah. <laughs> he, he need to call you quickly because um, <laughs> because the, the problem he is he is um, a more successful version of Levar Ball, and I'm gonna explain what I mean by that. LeVar Ball had a, an amazing idea. He had an amazing concept. He was the absolute wrong person to bring that to fruition. He was the the wrong messenger with the right message. Too often Steve Harvey ends up being the dude with the with the great message in the 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 horrible package. You know, it's the it's the great meal that looks so unappetizing that nobody's ever going to taste it because it looks just just the worst. So him, I think, I think this is actually going to, but I, I do agree with you. This is actually going to be a dream for him. I think this is, is going to be a time for him to possibly step back and take a look at everything that's going down and allow him to uh, reintroduce himself um, after he takes time to really understand like, perhaps why these things happened the way that they did how they went down because if you listen if you believe what the what the ratings and what the what the uh networks were saying is that the moment that he uh reached out to donald trump literally the the next week his ratings took a significant drop and they never recovered yeah. um for on, on all on, on all platforms except for the radio and family feud but everything else that he did does took significant hits in ratings whether that's true or not that was the that was the justification for these for the for the show being replaced the talk show for melissa mccarthy replacing them on uh little big shots 
Um, so I think Steve had the right intention with trying to meet with Trump, but the way that he went about it and then doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it, it didn't do him any favors. So I think him just taking time to possibly reevaluate things and, and his approach on things would end up is going to end up in the long run serving them well. I used to think um, back in the day that guys from Steve Harvey's generation, like a lot of the, the, the more prominent guys from that generation, black guys, I used to think they were haters. And so I grouped them all in, in like, man, these guys are a bunch of old haters. But I realized that they focus a lot on achievement. And quite honestly, our generation, we don't. It's more about your brand, your personality. And I think for him, he's all about results. And I think he looked at that, that, that Donald Trump opportunity as an opportunity to cut through the red tape and I can get some things done for us. And it didn't work that way. And like you said, Phil, I think this could be a time where he can take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm getting older. I don't want to die stubborn. I don't want to go to Bill Cosby route. You know, oh, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to be at the end of my life like, man. You never go full cost. Yeah, man, never go full cost, man. So <laughs> he, he's, he's got a chance now to kind of get himself together and like be the older, nice guy that we're all looking for. I don't know, man. One one thing I've, I've, I've seen with him in different scenarios, as a comedian, he has one of the worst sense of humors at all. He has, he, he does not like jokes when he's a part of the joke when when the joke like like keenan does the impression of him on saturday night live he absolutely hates it like they they um he was joking with somebody and somebody uh threw the jokes back like in one of them uh they it, there was a clip of it. it was that family feud he was joking with the dude and the dude uh got at him and and other people laughed and he he was not then he started talking about how much money he had and yeah. uh, it, it, it wasn't even it wasn't even about just what they were talking about so i i think him being the the the, the lovable old head i don't know if that's in if that's, <laughs> I mean, might not be in his wheelhouse no no mm. um now him him getting you know getting um things done and and you know getting you know producing results i'm all with that you know just you know with his process on how he goes about it he, he'll probably have to refine that but i don't think he'll ever be that lovable guy just because he's he's not willing to to be the person that that's you know willing to give it i mean take it as much as he gives it yeah those guys man from that generation they're very guarded yeah and i think you know they, they've had times where things have been taken from them unfairly and I think for a lot of them, man, they, they find themselves like with a slight form of PTSD, man, when it comes to stuff like that. You know what I mean? They just don't like people talking about them. They like putting their achievements in your face. And it, it, it's a barrier between them and the, the next generation and how you can translate the language from one generation to another. Yeah, like, man. I was listening to Family Feud you know, from uh, 444 earlier yeah. today, uh, the live version from uh, when, when Jay in the choir and Guru, when they were at uh, BBC uh, One Extra, the live lounge, probably one of the better live performances um, that you could find of, of Jay here recently. And Family Feud, you know, that, you know, he was talking about that, but I guess it was a lot of things that he said kind of talked about the things that you just, you guys just mentioned in terms of, uh, 
you know, the older set. You know, Jay's a little bit older than us, but he's definitely a lot older than some of the, the listeners now. And like you said, you know, um, he kind of got it, Steve. You know, my stash is too much to fit into a Steve Harvey suit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosby and, you know, uh, Al Sharpton in the mirror taking selfies. You know, how is him and Bill Cosby supposed to help me? Like, it really does, you know, seem that way. There is kind of that barrier. And I think with us, as us being a little bit older than some of the guys that are coming up under us, I think it really is something that we can definitely learn from. Yeah, and, and Harry Belafonte too. Right, yes, yo, yes, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, Jesse Jackson, you know, the list, list goes on in terms of, uh, you know, just maybe not being as, um, you know, congratulatory uh, to some of the guys that are even just a few years younger, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, so. man. It was one of the it was one of the reasons I had to take a I had to take a look at myself. Like I used to come on here and just trash like young dudes <laughs> that can't rap. Yeah. I just like instead of just saying like, all right, they they're doing they're doing with the people that they're who's their core audience, what they want. You know, it's it's, it's I had to just step back and be like, yo, it's not for me. But it, that was never the intent. Now, if they were trying to make it for me, that's something totally different. But there was never the intent to entertain a 40-year-old a, a man. Right. I mean, so I just had to step back and be like, all right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash those. And people. there are plenty of 40-year-old men that enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, let me let me say this. So yeah. I, 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 I work I work with kids a lot. And when I hear the music because of the lingo. And because of me kind of like being active on Instagram, looking at younger people's pages, I get it because I'm because of the connectivity that I have on a day to day basis. I'm able to translate it better. If I if I were not in this position, I probably wouldn't. But I right. think now is you've got to really invest time to kind oh, no of doubt. like you got to be in the comments, you got to be on certain pages to even understand the references they're making. Yeah, no, I get it. I just don't like it. But I un I understand why they do what they do, why they do mm -hmm. it the way that they do it. They had their their goal is to be audience, and they know the best way to reach their target audience. It ain't it ain't it ain't with uh boom back. It ain't with uh two turntables and a microphone in a in a you know in a dope sixteen. That's uh -huh. it, that may reach some a uh, small population of of the younger audience but that's not going to get you you know travis scott you know drake you know th those kind of numbers so i get it you know yeah uh before we move on from steve i just want to just uh just read one of his most recent uh tweets he said and i really believe god can do anything i ask god for outrageous things i live by ephesians 320 the book of deuteronomy and so many others you can't out faith me you can't out believe me my faith doesn't waver i wouldn't have made it this far without bible scriptures and then he goes on to say yeah so what i lost two tv shows i got three more it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you got it man. you got it you got it man it's all good but like you say, like you said, Phil. I mean, some people are just like that. You just got like, like I said, he he couldn't he could like as a comedian, that would have been a perfect time to to, to make light of it, make a mm -hmm. joke about it, and keep it moving. Yeah. 
the first thing he do is like you know like like remember remember lebron when he when he lost the finals he's like y'all gotta go back to y'all little miserable lives yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. reason it's it's kind of like that and like that that made people just a whole lot of people just were like all right i'm cool on lebron i mean he's a great player but i'm yeah. i'm cool on you know you know so but i think lebron realized you know i can't be that dude oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Steve Harvey, I don't think has he even. I don't know how old Steve is, but I don't think he's ever sixty-two. I think. Yeah, yeah he, that's he, it. He's gonna be, you know. I still got three shows, boy. <laughs> 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 even when he don't have three shows, he about yeah, like, I did have three shows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had more shows. I lost more shows than you ever had. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's gonna be that guy. He would say that too. Oh yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he probably said it. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> uh, speaking of uh, shows, man, they make a show out of everything nowadays. And, you know, uh, the draft lottery has always been something that um, <laughs> the advertisers, whether it be Sprite or whether it be uh, T-Mobile, you know, they've really taken advantage of the fact that people are just interested in figuring out where the top prospects are going as far as uh, for their rookie season in the NBA. Uh, tonight was no different. Uh you may be hearing this a little bit later, but uh, as of right now, this is breaking news that uh, the draft lottery is complete and the draft order for the first 14 picks of the 2019 uh, NBA draft uh, is uh, is complete. We won't obviously go through the whole thing because it's really only four. You only got to say the matter. first five. The, that's the first it. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. Mm-hmm. So um, starting at number five, the Cavs, of course, somehow. They, I mean, you know, you can't have a, a top five without the Cavs, right? When LeBron's not there. Um, the Lakers, who, uh, again, one of the biggest brands on earth, they just continue to just prove that, you know, the NBA feels like they can't survive without the Lakers being good. So mm-hmm. the Lakers are number four. The Knicks, uh, some people are going to say that they're the biggest losers of the lottery, just based off of the fact that people had basically penciled them into the Patrick Ewing spot of number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very least, number two. At, at the very least, number two. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, who... Uh, it's funny because these two teams, when people talk about like Seattle getting the franchise back, there's three teams that they talk about. They talk about Memphis, they talk about New Orleans, and they talk about OKC. And when you look at the top two uh, teams that are left uh, <laughs> to, to get, you know, Zion or whoever's left after him, Memphis was number two. In New Orleans, with all the turmoil they have going on with their, you know, uh, potential Hall of Fame player one day has the number one pick and um you know everybody pretty much knows that zion's probably going to go number one he's going to join elton brand and kyrie irvin as the only duke players to go number one uh from historically white duke university (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to talk about that right now you don't have to slam the duke like that (laughs) you know i I got an ally man solace you don't hate yeah i I like duke you like duke Duke i know that I know that. I'm a Duke fan. Yeah. No, one, 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 he, one, he, one he like the Cowboys. So is, yeah, is that really is that really Look, who you want as your ally? Next, next time you talk to a UNC fan, mm-hmm. just tell them two words. What's that? What rivalry? What rivalry? Watch how they react to you. They, they, that says it all. Yeah. The way that they react to you. Yeah. You know how I react? I, I say five to four. Is the, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. what I say. You see, that, that's how they want to take it. We No, no, no. 
We're yeah. not we're not gonna go there though. We're okay, no, no, no. I know we're not. <laughs> but um my question to you, Solid, starting with you, man, is the NBA draft lottery rigged? It could potentially be rigged, and I, I say that because they may be trying to do the Pelicans a favor by mm-hmm. giving them the number one pick. It's mighty okay. fishy, man. Exactly. No, 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 when they, when they get rid of Davis, Memphis yeah. too, getting that deuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it very well could be. I mean, um, yeah, it, it could be. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Now, now, I was about to say, Phil, um, the, the one thing I was going to ask you is, um, man, like, I – if if you're in New Orleans and you got Anthony Davis sitting there, much like Silas was saying, all the stuff they have going on, do you just try to just now get a free agent and just be like, look, we're bringing you two marquee players and the players that we have here, like just ride it out, or what? Do you, do you trade them? You you have you have to you have to sit down with him, like, yo, we 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 got we literally won the lottery. We 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 we're going to get Zion. We we would even take John Morant if you if that's what you want if you if you yeah, tell you us you understand that road. yeah you can't go yeah. down that road though no no you l- listen you have you have to do everything possible to keep that dude yeah. in your uniform because look I'm a, I'm gonna tell but you're, you you're saying you, okay now promise me with taking taking this supermax no 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 yeah take take that okay it sign yeah. sign this extension that's what you're yeah saying. yeah okay, he yeah. has to sign an extension okay yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not drafting anybody. That he wants without that. There's about a five percent chance he would do that, though. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you still gotta, you still gotta make that offer. But to to uh, to Silas' point about it, about a, a potential fix. Chris Paul, back when Chris Paul could actually play basketball, <laughs> um, he got blocked from going to the Lakers, yep. and he got sent back where, Vod? He got sent back to New Orleans slash. Yeah, New Orleans. And at the time, he was their franchise player. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was their only real draw to the basketball team. Yeah. They needed him to keep that franchise there to keep any hope of getting people to, to visit the arena. <laughs> AD is, is, you know, stomp, holding his breath and, you know, turning Smurf blue trying to get out of New Orleans right now. Yeah. So what better way... If, if, if it's just a done deal that he's going to be out of there, what better way to help ensure that seats stay filled in mm-hmm. NOLA? They already gave him the All-Star game <laughs> just off the off the humble over a bathroom. They had a couple. Yeah, but but they gave, they gave him the Charlotte John off the... Oh, know, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. y'all, y'all, y'all messed up the bathrooms. Yeah. And, um, and they gave him one right after. And then they gave him the, another one right after that. But uh, what better way... Than to get, you know, the most celebrated college player since who? Shaq. Uh, Shaq, yeah. Shaq. Um, in your in your jersey. Yeah. I mean, he's going to sell a ton of merchandise. He's going to be featured all over their the the NBA highlight reels. His games are going to be on national television all throughout the season. So that's going to bring all kinds of crazy revenue. If they can somehow manage to get a free agent and keep AD, they have you have to figure they're they're at the very worst a seven, you know, a seven seed in the West, which means even more revenue to the team in the city. So yeah, and 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 then just just to add on to that, Memphis 
who's always a candidate to be uh having their bags packed <laughs> and 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 being sent to uh seattle or some other you know vegas or some other city that wants an nba team you you do them a solid and get them somebody that who doesn't have the cachet that zion has in terms of star power but from all you know all accounts is a phenomenal player this right. could I mean, obviously, this is hyperbole that I'm using, but just to this could be a a Kawhi slash Greek freak situation in Memphis if John Morant is who we think he is. Okay. I mean, so and then the oh. Knicks and the Lakers, they'll be fine regardless. Yeah. You know, they get they can suit they up. Free. You know, yeah. yeah they, they, but they can suit up twelve. You know, they can suit up twelve John Starks. And, and 12 Derek Fishers and people still gonna go see their games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, Silas, does DC care about the Wizards? Does the Wizards Who? care about DC? <laughs> there you go. Listen, bro. Um, DC Sports, man. I remember when the Redskins traded for Clinton Porters. Mm. And he said no less than 50 players called him like tell Dan Snyder, come get me nets. Mm -hmm. And guys love to come to DC. They love to live in DC. They love to make money in DC. But I'm really not seeing a, a feature pick or feature free agent come here directly out of the draft or like mm -hmm. free agency. Maybe Gilbert Arenas is an exception, but for the most part, man, guys come here and they just have a good time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. DC, you know, it used to be a thing with a Wizards game. That was the place to be. Halftime in the concourse. Yeah. You had on your freshest gear. Yeah. All the girls were there. Go to Clyde's was, afterwards. Yeah, go yeah. Go to, uh, before that it was another spot called uh what was that spot called before Clyde's, man? I know what you're talking about though. Um anyway, it was like yeah. two names. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I mean that's what it used to be, but now, man, this is not a Wizards town, so I, I had to say that people don't care about the Wizards. Yeah, they got to change the name, though. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. No, I, I know they can't. No, no, man. Alliteration. Alliteration. No, I know they can't be the Bullets, even though that that name is fine. Yeah, it is fine. Um, but the the Wizards, like, it it almost felt like they they were trying to like what WWE tends to do every they go in cycles and they and they realize that they want to start with the youth so they they dumb down their product they make it kid friendly they make John Cena basically a cartoon character and the the whole show becomes PG-13 until those kids that are 7 8 9 become you know 16 17 18 and then the product ramps up and then it 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 rinse and repeat it felt like the Wizards tried to do that. It, mm -hmm. it felt like they tried to appeal almost like you would with a Ronald McDonald or Mickey Mouse, and it just never took off. And now you have a whole area, not just a city, you know, because that team is, you know, Northern Virginia, it's Maryland, mm -hmm. it, you know, all, for all intents and purposes, is Baltimore. Um, it represents all, all though that that whole area for lack of a better term. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and it's not doing it's not doing the area justice, dog. It's let me let me say this, right? 
Um, and, and I'm gonna use Philly again as an example for this. I think DC needs, and I and I and I don't I don't mean this with any disrespect to anybody, man, but DC needs like a white working class fan base included too. Like we've got a very high end uh, black community that lives out in Maryland that goes to the games, a very high end white community, a very high end Asian community. And these are people that can spend a hundred dollars a piece on a ticket to FedEx to see the Redskins, to see the Wizards at Capital One Arena. We don't really have any hard-nosed, hard-working, white or blacks that go to these games, man. And you look at Baltimore, you look at Philly, and you go up the East Coast, man, on 95, those cities might have hard-nosed, working-class people, and they're black and they're white, and they go hard, and you can feel the energy from the crowd. You don't feel yeah. that in the Capital One Arena. Right. That's, that's I don't. I don't think they've basketball. ever given. I don't think they. When was the last time that? What when Jordan was there? Like when where they where you just felt like like nah, they, when Gilbert, they, like he mentioned when Gilbert was no there. no no. Did they drive Gilly? No, he or was didn't. he or was he or was he traded there? Free agent. Uh, yeah, free agent. Yeah, yeah. He, he started out Golden State. He signed. He signed there as a free agent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's how you know DC got, got fired. Yeah, yeah now nah, never nah, 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 um uh it couldn't have been it couldn't have been for, for, for basketball purposes. Like Gil, Gil was an anomaly, man. Gil, you could see Gil walking down the street. Gil would go to the basketball games in the summer, like in, in the hood, show up by himself. He, Again, he loved he loved the, the atmosphere. Yeah. I, but and see to your point. People love the atmosphere in DC. Dan Snyder was overpaying for for washed up veterans. Yeah. Um, the the nightlife, the the scenery, the women, everything about these the access to 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 New York, to Philly, to Baltimore, to my you right at the hub in the middle of yeah. all of those places. But very few people come there for basketball. Really. For basketball. <laughs> Even the people that are from there, like, mm. if you told most people you could play for your hometown, most of them, you could be the main man and you could get super maxed out to play for your hometown. Most dudes would jump at that chance. Mark my words, Kevin Durant will never play for the I, I know. They never, they never, they never <laughs> me exactly what I was going right. to. Never He's like never you. going to. But if you told Dame, Dame Lillard, yo, Clay, Clay's out of here. Some somehow, some way, you can you can get super max and you could be in Oakland. He's going. Right. He's going. DC is so small. It's a different animal when you're Kevin Durant and you've got to be responsible for dishing out tickets to 41 games. Yeah. It's a different animal, man. Like, yeah. you know, when, nah, when you, I, I buy it. Yeah, when you come to DC and you're from DC. You can feel when that person's in town. That's how yeah. small the city is. You yeah. can feel it. You know, like if 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 Kevin showed up at a party last night, the word is out before the night is over. He was in the club last yeah. night. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, it's it's a, it's a lot of pressure for guys that are from here. No, I, I get it, and I'm telling you, most most dudes should should probably never even play in their hometown for the, all the reasons you're mentioning. Mm -hmm. 
but all of them would jump at the chance except for that area i've never I'm, i personally don't understand why i mean you give me some great reasons but i i i've never understood what it was about the area where it the sports it just it just can't quite curl like yeah. i mean i mean the last time was what 91 Redskins, yeah, Redskins, ninety one, um, Capitals. Capitals. Oh, Capitals. I mean, yeah, Capitals. Yeah, I mean, but again, I mean, that's that's a caveat, right? We're yeah. not really talking about hockey. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and side note, the Wizards should have been the Nationals. If y'all were the Nationals, y'all y'all would be. <laughs> if the Wiz, if the Wizards were the the, the Nationals, y'all y'all would have played in the NBA Finals at least once already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that being the name of the team. The only thing that that kind of strikes me as very similar to the Generals. Generals with the with the, with the glow So we would have been like second every time. Right. Or, I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh yeah. man, I didn't. <laughs> And then, I, I, and, then there were, and then there was also the uh, Syracuse Nationals that became the Warriors. Yeah, the well, well, no, they, yeah, they, they became the Sixers, the Nationals. Yeah. yeah, but man, I mean, there's been names that have been recycled before, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Silas, what's the best uh, sporting event to go to in D.C.? Is it a club night? Is it the Wizards on Friday or Saturday night? Is it business person special at Nationals Ballpark? Is it Monday Night Football at FedEx or Howard Homecoming? You said the club. <laughs> that's not important. That's a sport for some people. Yeah, that that's probably that's, that's, that's the that's the fifth I, major sport I, I, in DC. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rose Bar Mondays, but um, Rome Gomez told me, man. Yeah, Rose Bar Mondays. Uh, uh, John Wall squad definitely runs. That yeah, game. when 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 John Wall was injured, he found a way to get the Rose Bar. They made a jersey. Like they, they took the Wizards name off the jersey and put Rose Bar on it and put Wall on the back of it. So, yeah, Rose Bar Monday is probably top sporting event in D.C. right now. <laughs> that's a different type of wall. That's yeah, a different type of Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a different type of Hall of Fame. You, Yeah, it's definitely where John Wall is over court. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Vod, you, Vod, you would know much better than me. Um, the year John Wall was drafted, Mm. Who else could the Wizards could have possibly had instead of John Wall? Damian Lillard at six. Wow. He was in. The, he was in the draft with John Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh. That's that's that that was that's equal or better than him. Nah, nah, not, nah. not better than Dame. No, I'm saying like, like to compare it to like John Wall. Is there somebody like that? That's anybody else you could have built around? That's the one. Okay. I, I just, I just don't think that when we have those discussions about who the Wizards or Redskins could have picked, any guy that they could have picked, that person would have either left or they would have been a bust. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fair. It's just, it's, 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 it's inevitable, man. It's, this life eats you alive. It's it's something. There's it's a like, reason. Yeah, there's yeah, a reason. There's why. something up there. I mean, like like people either roll out or but like even like it just seems like to me like the people that that they that y'all get. Like Bryce Harper was 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 MVP of the league. He he rolled the first chance he could. Yeah. Um. Like like uh again I mean hockey is an anomaly. Is it's it's really I mean it is 
they represent Washington DC, but it's not it's not yeah. like the, the, the uh the three core sports, but because we, we are we are not a hockey town. Trust me, we watched game seven outside of the uh Capital One arena and it was guys like, Yeah, man, it's about to be the fourth quarter. <laughs> Brief correction, but hold on. Because uh, I, I had my years all wrong. Okay. Dane was in 2012 after AD. He was six after okay. AD. In, 20, in 2010, it wasn't such a great draft. I remember that now. Um, Paul George was 10, and he's probably, and DeMarcus was five. So those are the only other all stars. That you got from that draft, so. I wouldn't have took neither one of them over. Yeah, and Paul George definitely could. He he's always going to be a, a a third fiddle boy. But um, uh, man, DC DC is a tough town to succeed in in terms of being a star athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ovechkin, he's he's in a whole nother world. He's not in DC. Like yeah. he he's. He he he's in you know his home country as as much as he's in DC in terms <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. in terms of headspace like yeah, mentally yeah. he's not in DC. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so like and, and and it was tough even for him. It took a minute for him, but in, in any other sport, they would have rolled. That that yeah. uh, a player of his talent would have rolled or you know forced their way out you know hockey they be signing guys for like a dozen years like yeah like year contract man kirk cousins forced his way out of these <laughs> things, man. yeah so that's true it's like wow well um we want to definitely uh give a shout out to everybody out there especially zion looks like he is probably going to be going to new orleans Wait, what school did he go to Historically white dude. Hey, hey man, what, hey, what rivalry? That's all I got to say. That, what rivalry? That's forever how, you know how they say the Ohio University? <laughs> it's going to be historically. I, I don't care about the academic or the lacrosse. I'm just basketball. Man. Oh, that's man. That's the, that's, the, that's the title from now on, yo. Oh, we want to give a shout <laughs> Please out. Please say to, the baby. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to Diamond D, uh, his dime piece too. Yes. Out, uh, all all uh, digital streaming plat- platforms. Please check him out. Uh, legend in his own right. BITC. Um, legend. Uh, also, uh, for those, if Logic is your cup of tea, I mean, you know, he is DMV. He's definitely uh, from uh, Gaithersburg, I think, Maryland. If, if you're into Logic, you know, if that's your cup of tea, he, he definitely can rap. Uh, he's got a new joint that's out right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, he I'm definitely saying. can rap. He definitely can rap. Now he can he can rap his ass. Oh, no, no question. But the but the the way in which he hey, definitely can rap was uh was phrased is all types of vitriol for hey, uh he can rap man. Gay Gaithersburg in the building. How, for how Jason, far, for how Jason Williams of uh, you, uh Gaithersburg is a little ways away. I'm not sure. If, is he? I thought he was from Silver Spring. I don't know. Is he, he? I think he may have been like born in Gaithersburg. He was oh, okay. School there, something like that. But you, yeah, you know, yeah, he. That's Gaithersburg. What, what county is, not, is that? What county is that? That's Montgomery County. Yeah, he, Mo, Moco. Yeah, oh, Moco <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not. You can't just. You know. That's not down the street. <laughs> See, like when you look at it, it says Rockville, it says Gaithersburg, it says Silver Springs. So he's, you know, probably all over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, he, he definitely can rap, Phil. No, no um, doubt. <laughs> 
his uh he comes out with a lot of material uh he wrote a book he's writing scripts you know he, he's 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 a he's an interesting guy like i said like i i feel like from a technical standpoint i like him from his subject matter and stuff i can't quite get with it but again he can rap you, you know you, you know what the pressure is i think in dc just kind of bringing this conversation back about the sports and rap yeah, DC so small that you've got to be really accountable when it comes to like your story. Mm. So like for him, he's totally avoided claiming DMV. Yeah, and it's it's strategically. It's, yeah, strategically, and this caused him to not have the pressure that other rappers and athletes have. Mm. Where you know, I was telling a friend of mine last night. This is the kind of town where your mom still has the same phone number from twenty years ago. She still lives in the same spot. If you have any sort of gaps in your story, if you're not totally honest about mm-hmm. where you come from, Man. you can it, it, they can pull the rug under you quick here. Yeah, quick, quick. And you're like, oh well, well, well no, I went to middle school in yeah. in, in Pleasant, but but no, my yeah. uncle stayed. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh. Now I, I saw I saw the uh, Phil, I saw the thing in Philly the, uh, last week about Quilly and Meek, mm-hmm. and you know Quilly was saying, yeah, I I, you know, I really was down to pee, and you couldn't do that if that wasn't true in DC. DC's that small. Like there's no debate of I never saw you down there, or mm-hmm. it's not a debate. You you yeah. were not down there, or you were. What, Somebody, what? Somebody's gonna vouch for you before you do. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and, and see, the, the thing with Philly, it, and it, it's weird. There, it, I found this in in a few places that I that I've lived or visited. You had you have so like DC has defined sections of the city, obviously. But Philly's sections, Northwest, Southwest, Southside, they're so entrenched and so isolated from one another. You have people that literally will live in South Philly and never step foot in North Philly and vice versa. Yeah. They would, if you drop them off down there, they would literally be lost. And it's not like the city is so giant that it's like, that is that far away but you know how like you hear somebody from new york oh you know brooklyn they, you, look, i was in brooklyn today and then you know I, I i went over to the bridge you know to manhattan yada 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 you don't you you people for the most part for a lot of the population stay in their their part of the city yeah so him being able to get that off is rooted in the fact that he knows that a, a a large section of the people that's even listening to that shit is not even going to be able to verify it with yeah. somebody in another part of the or city. Or don't care. Like yeah, he, or don't care. Yeah, yeah they don't exactly. care. They don't know the difference between Northeast or Southeast, you know? Yeah. And then, and then in D.C., though, oh, you, you're... Because they're they're intertwined. They, they mix. They mingle. Your family in all three sections of the city they're going to know yeah they're going to know trust yeah. me and, and it's very tight-knit it, it almost feels like a town even though yeah. it's, it's it's a big city it, it has a town feel to it like like yeah. a san francisco or like a oakland you know yeah. where yeah. even like a atlanta where atlanta's super spread out but it has a small town feel in where everybody knows everybody and what's going on with this person and that person and the circles are small, so I get yeah. it. I definitely yeah, we, get it. 
trust me, we used to make phone calls home from Hampton. Like a guy would say something that he was from somewhere. Mm. I mean, by nightfall, <laughs> you knew like, yeah, that guy's not from here. Yo, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And, um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is, is what uh, Logic has out now. So man, salute to him, he can rap. Um, speaking of others that can rap. Uh, He's from the Bret Hart School of Rap. <laughs> Technically superior, just dull. Uh, RJ Payne, man, he again, we talked about him uh, the last episode, as we always do. Uh, he's cooking up with uh, Black Soprano family. Uh, he just released the uh, some cover art, you know, to just signify the fact that, um, you know, his Griselda collaboration is definitely on the way. So, salute to him, Phil, yeah, Phil, you, you, you know, um, King Shams is on his way too, right? Oh, yeah, uh, Road to Peru, uh, the, the um. All, all, all signs, all, all uh, maps. Yeah. All Wait, arrows. In that way. Yeah, man. Uh, yo. Yeah. Talk. I talked to the kid. Like, I don't. I don't. You. You know. You know him. You know he's not shy at all about yeah. his skill level and his talent. I don't even think he knows how good he is. Yeah. Just, just from the strength of a technical standpoint, like. He's one of those dudes that can do everything rap-wise. It's just a matter of if he wants to or not. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm looking forward. We're gonna get him on. You know, he you know, he he's like one of them dudes you gotta another, another Cowboys fan. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he's incorrigible. And yeah. he, he's he's like one of them racehorses in the block, man. You just gotta you just gotta let him go and then yeah. he's he's off and he's unstoppable. Yeah. So we we're gonna get him on here and we probably just gotta, you know, sit back and just yeah, you know, and then just make sure to take recording. <laughs> <laughs> man, shout out to, to my to my little big bro, man. Uh love you boy. But um I ain't, I ain't gonna keep sweating you. We 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 know you nice, and um, <laughs> we just gonna wait for the uh, music and let it speak for itself. Yes, sir. Uh, so before we flip the tape, we get to the other side, man. We want to give a salute to uh, one of one of our guys. He's been putting in some major work uh, in DC and the area itself, and really just uh, worldwide now, man. He's 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 national with it, international with it. Uh, a guy that came up with us yeah. at Hampton University, man. Salute to uh, Killer Cow. Yeah, uh, man tremendously uh proud of him uh solid just for a minute man just just talk about i mean he was he was a guy that we saw by your side everywhere you know in college yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you you knew that he had this talent back then didn't you man listen the, the one thing that two things that cal had man cal had this connectivity personality man it just bring people together and cal had this energy that was just, everybody was attracted to him. Infectious. Right? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it, infectious, man. I remember we were, so at the time there was a real underground type of go-go circuit happening in Hampton, right? Yeah. Where like, you know, the way that guys from up north would be DJs and rappers, there were like bands at ODU and Norfolk State and Hampton, right? And I remember going to a show with this band that was called Underground. And Dave and I were like, yo, Kyle's going to be in that band. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, he was in the band. And then, you know, if you guys are familiar with Go-Go, they're like three to four mics. And the guy who runs the band is called the lead mic. And we were like, man, Kyle's going to be the lead mic of that band. And everything that we said, we could just see it happening. 
And he's never been a guy who's been pushy. He's never been a guy who, like really politic for himself. People just magically get out of the way and let him assert himself into the position. And I'm gonna tell you something. In go-go history, Kyle is already like one of the greatest. That's amazing. Like, really, uh, I mean, I, there are legends that I've seen on record. Like, yo, if I had to start a band, one of my frontline guys has to be Killer Kyle. These mm. are like legendary people yeah. in the game that have been That's like, yeah, give me Kyle, man. So I, I remember riding around with him, man, listening to music and just seeing how he he loved the music. But then the other part, he was a mass media major. So like he understood like microphones and like sound and enunciation. Yeah. And that's the part that he brought to the game, man, on a local level. And then we started rapping. It's just like a double-edged sword, man. He can kill you either way. And it's, it's culturally in Go-Go, the, the, the second mic is normally the rapper. And you have some rappers who would take rhymes from like other rappers. Man, I've seen Kyle go for like 12, 13, 14 minutes just freestyling. Yeah. Like they, they put a beat on and he just go. Yeah. So, man, he he's doing his thing. Man, so salute to him. We're about to uh, actually get the uh, tissue and uh, tape uh, audience familiar with uh, Killer Kyle. We're about to play uh, Let's Champ. Let's go, Champ. Um, yeah. Sound like the music. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely uh, salute to uh, Shannon Briggs. Um, you know, they have a, a, a nice little relationship. And uh, this, this, this song here, Let's Go, Champ, uh, really uh, gives you uh, Shannon's story. Uh, anybody that's not familiar with him, you listen to this joint, you'd be very familiar. Uh, salute to uh, Kyle. Let's go. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people to lay out the truth. I am rank number one. One! That means I'm the best. But this bomb is taking the easy matches. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here, I'll fight him anywhere, anytime, for nothing. Fight him, Shannon the cannon. Shannon the cannon. Shannon the cannon. Shannon the cannon. Killer cow. Shannon the cannon Briggs. Hey. Yeah. Shannon the cannon. Shannon the cannon. Let's go. Let's go. Killer cow. Let's do it. Yeah. Briggs. Shannon. They call me the cannon, they call me the cannon Brownsville, Brooklyn, I came up so rough They don't understand it, no home, no food Live on the streets was not in my plan And the pain from that pushed me to be able to travel all over the planet At 17 I was fed up, hit Jimmy O's and manned up My trainer said, stick the jab and always keep my hands up Bob and weave, footwork, jump rope for stamina I trained harder, got the golden glove Brooklyn, stand up. You train champ, I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go 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 champ. Stepped up to the big show. I was 25, didn't know. Had a big fight on HBO. Messed around and got KO'd. It was cool though. Knew I had plenty work to do though. So I jumped in with Foreman. A loss I couldn't afford As they tallied up the scores Man, I took the belt from George Then I lost the belt to Lennox 
I knew I wasn't finished, man. I lost the belt to Lennox. I knew I wasn't finished. Nah. You train champ, nah. I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ. Let's fight champ. Let's go 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 champ. Got the belt back in 06 when I knocked out Miyakovich. Lost it in 07 to a Brigham I got six. Then the glitch goes took over. If I wanted a shot, then I'd have to go through both of them But Tali, you got first It was 2010, it felt good, the best yet Halfway through the fight, man, I tore off my bicep Still went 12 rounds, lost on a decision But I still had this vision, so hell no, I ain't quitting Nah you train champ, I train champ, let's fight champ, let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ, let's fight champ, let's go champ. You train champ, I train champ, let's fight champ, let's go 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 champ. So we here now, for my way back to this spot. Vitaly's gone, so Vladimir, I'm coming for what you got. The last American champion, then rose back to the top. It won't stop till that bell ring and we face to face in that box Cause we all champs Let's go champ is the movement It don't matter what you doing I'll be your motivation to do it Cause we all champs Let's go champ is the movement It don't matter what you doing I'll be your motivation to do it Now everybody say let's go champ 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 now everybody say So, man, yeah, that was Killer Cow, Let's Go Champ, uh, the Shannon Briggs story. Uh, definitely one uh, that, like I said, if you didn't know Shannon Briggs before that, you know it now. Uh, you can also check out Killer Cow on all uh, social media. Man, we got to get Cow on here. Man. Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to hit Cow tonight and tell him I was yeah. Yeah, like, yo, you got to get on here gotta and talk, talk to these guys, man. Um, we would love to speak to him, and you know, that's just a whole nother uh culture of of music, and then just overall, just black blackness that I that yeah. I say that, that we're definitely interested. And, and it's a supremely underrated part of black music, just music in general, music yeah. in in terms of overlooked and mm-hmm. underappreciated. What are y'all doing there, man? Y'all y'all got these supremely talented artists and athletes y'all gotta you gotta get these people out to the world man yeah man yeah man it's to yourself yeah i mean kg had to run up out of there no i'm, I'm yeah I'm man I, I i i don't know man um 
and people know about the music form. Pusha T was in a show just like four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he put it on his IG snap. Um, and one of the guys that like advises his career is from DC, a good friend of mine. Um, and he took him to the show. Um, Pharrell has been to a show before. There's a YouTube clip of him in the show losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the it, musicality it, alone, you can't you can't sit still, yeah. man. If yeah. you're a musician, especially, yeah, you can't front on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one thing about Go Go. It, it just, it, I think more than anything, it really does like like jazz in a sense. Like it just sticks to you. And like it just really uh, gets in. Are you guys familiar with the uh, "Don't Mute DC" thing that was happening right. like the last we, couple we, of weeks? We talk to you about that. Yeah, man, that was a big, big thing, man. Yeah, like what? So, so we saw the pictures and we saw, you know, the the videos and, and whatnot. But like, talk talk us through that. Like, what happened? So, there's a telecommunications store um, at Seventh and Florida Avenue, like right at the bottom of like the Howard University area. It's probably like top five, top seven intersections in the city. Um, it's a black. Go ahead. No, I was saying okay. Yeah, so there's a there's a black guy that owns the telecommunications store. Uh, you could go in there, get your like cricket cell phones. He's got like movies, DVDs, all that stuff, right? But he also does the T-Mobile service, and they're like the top selling T-Mobile store in the area which a lot of people don't know. So they're not like this uh, this this frailing business trying to you know survive in the gentrified DC. They're popping. Gotcha. So he plays go-go music outside um, of the store with the speakers and people stand there and dance, eat their food. So there was this one guy who made a complaint about the noise and T-Mobile uh, caught wind of it and they tried to like cease the music. Uh, there was a petition started. Um, it just so happened that a couple of politicians ran into the CEO of T-Mobile in D.C. Talking to him. Yeah, it just happened to run into him. Like, it's crazy, right? Uh, the petition had, like, five figures worth of signatures. And they had a series of, like, small um, outdoor events outside of the, the store. The T-Mobile CEO tweeted, the music will not stop. You guys can keep going. And man, the people who organize these events, they just went to the max. They went to 14th and U Street, which is like probably the biggest intersection in DC. They had a series of like uh, go-go shows every other Tuesday. And last Tuesday, Backyard played. And Backyard's probably the premier band. Um, Probably been that way for like, you know, at least a decade, if not longer. And they estimated that it was three thousand people. It had to be like ten thousand dollars. Right, you know those estimates be off. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, especially when it comes to anything that we do. Yeah, like, bro. Yeah, especially I mean, if it wasn't violent. Now, now, if violence broke out, they'd be like, Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah twenty three million of them out there. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was so crazy because they didn't really have a sound system. So the the, the people standing maybe within twenty feet could really hear the songs. But then as they were singing, people behind them were singing because they, okay, they're singing that song now. So it was like a real tribal experience. And that's dope though. Yeah, man, it was was crazy. So um, there's been a lot of traction around like black DC natives, man. A couple of friends of mine were able to get legislation passed 
a ceremonial resolution that May 20th will be DC Natives Day every year from here on out. Um, there's a, a planned festival that's going to happen in August. Um, this between May and August, man, it just happened to be a bunch of events falling in place where like black people are waking up. Like, listen, we got to have a stake in this town, man. And, you know, between that and the Howard thing with the guy and the dog, man, people are on fire here, man. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we talked, we talked to a, a, a up and coming MC, um, out of, out of, uh, DC and, and he, he gave us a, a great, uh, perspective on on everything going on in dc in terms of just gentrification and how it's uh how it looks from from the inside out you know what i mean how how it's affecting the city and the culture in the city do you see that um do you do you see that as well where like the the culture is under attack yeah so that's really what i think gentrification is it's not when new people move in it's when the customs are changed and so what you got to understand is that we've only had our own local government on an elected level for like 45 years right um a lot of black people came here during the march on washington and they stayed after that a lot of our culture is not old gogo is like 45 years old so you know, whereas something in New York or something in Philly or something in Baltimore, LA, it may have a hundred years of like history. It's not hard to uproot something that's not really truly rooted. So it's easy to take away our customs because I know people that work in government that were in local government when we first got government, they're still working. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's crazy. You know, yeah, that's that's the way it is. So for us, man, the, the traditions that we have, they're not very, very old. And so, you know, you can uproot those a lot easier. And that's what we're seeing throughout the city. Yeah, the first thing that you get just a name change of the neighborhood. That's oh, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how it starts. Yeah, you, you know what they do now, man? Like, so we're like going back to Gogo, like, a big part of GoGo is like calling out neighborhoods. So we don't have gangs here, but we've got like neighborhoods and the intersections of the, the names of the crews, right? So we do this thing where like if it's a number and a street, the number goes first, right? So mm-hmm. if you're from like, uh, I'll give you a prime example. You guys remember Cash, right? He played quarterback in Hampton. Yeah. So he's from 14th and Clifton. That's a big neighborhood in DC as far as like notoriety in the street, right? You know. New folks come here, they call it Clifton and 14th. Nah, it's 14th and Clifton. Right, right. right? And that's something that like burns our gears up when people do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, as many neighborhoods as possible, the realtors are now calling everything Capitol Hill. So you could be like three, four miles from Capitol Hill. They're selling your house as Capitol Hill. I mean, they're changing the names, they're changing the maps. Um, it's changing the feel of the city, man. And um, you know, the one thing I can say is that on, on that whole neighborhood turf thing, um, because the, the, the areas have been like flipped over, a lot of guys who once were not cool are cool now, right? You see guys kind of hanging out, clubbing together now. It's like a real tight knit community now. Go-Go's there used to be fights every night, shootouts, all that. Yeah. You rarely see that now. People are like, People who do go out and still go to the go-go's, they're just happy to be alive and happy to be around. I've seen guys hang together that I thought would never be together. 
Right. So, I mean, the one thing that that's happened is that it, this whole process has brought us closer together. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you can hear that, that's that's yeah. really, you know, there's that's a light at the um, end of the tunnel. So that that's that is um, actually what we. Those types of jewels were the reason why we definitely wanted to talk to you, just because again, um, you know, it is one of just the more intriguing areas that we've ever been, um, you know, had the privilege of of going to. Like Phil, I'll tell you, like one of the best times we ever had was All Star Weekend. Yeah, oh man. my god! Yeah, man. we still look at our pictures from Yo. that weekend and yeah. still be like, I don't, I don't know how, like. How hasn't DC had the All Star Game since? I Yo. cannot wait until that that East Coast run again. New York, Philly, yeah. DC. Yeah, they got, awesome. yeah. that, that needs to happen soon. That, yeah. see, that, that awesome. Yo, I, I bet you if, if New York would have got Zion, mm. All Star Game would have been in New York and it would have trickled on down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. Well, all right, man. We we teased a little bit, but we just want to just get into uh, some more things. Um, First thing I want to talk about, uh, I guess, is um, you mentioned biking through the city. So we talked about that. You mentioned, you know, just some of the talking to kids uh, as far as uh, community service. Just talk, just talk to us just a little bit more about that, man. Like, what's what's your, um, what are some of the things that you're able to do with some of the kids that are underserved in DC? Yeah, man. So when I got back from Hampton in '02. I started volunteering with a number of organizations. Uh, you guys know the guys from Hampton were lifting as we climbed. Um, they got really rooted in DC with the football camps and the study halls and that sort of thing. So I kind of started rocking out with them. Um, from there, I went on to uh, run for an elected office in DC, an advisory neighborhood commission position, which is unpaid volunteer position, but it's elected. Um, that afforded me the opportunity to serve the neighborhood that I grew up in. Each uh, advisory neighborhood commissioner serves approximately 2,000 residents. So um, that gave me an opportunity to give back. In that process, um, I was able to align myself with a lot of organizations that are doing work with young people, uh, teens, young adults, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I just really literally jumped into as many projects as I could since 2002. Um, and all of that was really in the name of just trying to be somebody and to help somebody in my neighborhood. Man. Um, the guys that I grew up with, I wanted them to have somebody advocating on their behalf. I wanted them to have somebody they could touch and say, man, this is somebody working for us. When in the process, man, um, I've been able to work with adults, but also able to work with their kids. And, you know, we're in a trying time right now because when I was growing up in DC, it was Chocolate City. You knew the lay of the land. Now these kids, they feel invisible. So whenever someone feels invisible and they feel inferior, the, the nature of their activity becomes worse and worse, man. So we're starting to see a lot of like unnecessary, petty, but yet really offensive crimes that are happening with kids, man. Um, kids getting into fights with adults on the trains, um, you know, kids getting into violent beefs and things of that nature. For, for a period of time, man, the crime was down in DC. Now, man, a lot of young kids are being killed, man. 
And a lot of it is them to some degree profiling for Instagram and trying to make a name for themselves, man. So myself and like a host of other guys that I know, we've just committed our lives to trying to interact with them in any way that we can. Um, I don't even know that we have the solutions. We just believe that we gotta be visible. And what we try to do on a local level is just make giving back cool. And, you know, we try to, you know, make being uh, aware of what's going on politically cool. We try to make, you know, just being a great citizen the, the cool thing to do. And uh, we leverage as many relationships as we can in that process. And, you know, the goal is to restore families, but specifically those black families, man, that need restoration. Salute, man. That's... Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, no, that's 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 something that um I, I think, you know, we all could be a little bit more proactive with that if, if that's not a part of your, your daily agenda. And just hearing you speak about it is, you know, inspiring in the fact that I don't really think that anything that you said was that, you know, like um insurmountable you know it's not it's not something that we all couldn't just do in terms of just volunteering your time it's, it sounds like you just started out with that yeah and from there from your network of people that had the same desires kind of just put that together to start yeah yeah that's that's yeah. really how it happened man so um you know I, i've been blessed because i think social media has allowed me to keep in contact with a lot of people who have resources man mm -hmm. and we've been able to utilize social media as well to kind of lay out a collage of the work and to remain human too. Like I'm, you know, I make jokes online. I, I do that whole thing too. But, you know, just showing that, man, it's nothing to be able to reserve a rec center, get some people to donate some goods, give away some things to people. But in the process, talk to them and see their deeper needs. Keep their number in your phone, stay in contact with them and just try to assist them moving forward. Wow, man, that's 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 <laughs> yeah. that's why that's why my brother said what he said when when we were talking about the next the next uh, mayor of uh, <laughs> definitely of if not if not uh, next definitely future we we've <laughs> seen it for a while, man. Yeah, I um, appreciate that. No doubt, man. Um, just just talk to us just a little bit about um the information age. I know that's something that you're passionate about in terms yeah. of being able to use technology to really. Uh, to its fullest so that we can get the most out of it. Talk to us about that. So that actually started in response to, and I hate to use this phrase, but fake news. Yeah. Long before Donald Trump coined that term, I would say going back as far as like 2009, 2010, I used to be on Facebook and people would post links that were not real. And they <laughs> thought they were real. Yeah. And I used to find myself in the comments in the most polite way, like, yo, that's not a real article, right? If you go to the rest of that site, you'll see all the fake articles, right? So I, I started just posting articles directly from credible websites as status updates on Facebook. And then I said to myself, well, let me just build a blog and reblog right. timeless content that will help people. So self-development, timeless information my goal was if you're in the airport or in the dmv taking care of a ticket issue or you're somewhere where you're not going to be able to move for a while you can go to this blog you can look at the information you can scroll and even if the article is 18 months old it's still relevant if you're trying to develop as a person so 
I wanted to offset the nonsense that I saw on Facebook. And um, that's where I kind of started the blog. And even though I don't always put the content on the blog, I've just tried to live my life online where I'm just always giving people information to help them make better decisions. So, I, all right. So I, I, we normally don't like to, to find out how the hot dogs are made, but I got to ask you, when you make your IG stories, do you already write that into a draft? And then you copy it into each particular one, or how, how what's your process? <laughs> because you have one of the more creative ways of disseminating that. But I'm like, yeah. he can't be like just writing this and then moving on. Like you have to copy and paste it. I, I've done the copy and paste on a handful of occasions, but most of the times, if I, I just kind of meditate on a story for a couple of days. Yeah, I, I, it's rare. If you see me post anything, it's rare. That in that moment, that that thought right. came to my mind. I mean, you can tell. I mean, like, and this is a testament to you. It's, it's very thought provoking, and you could tell that these are these are things that you've been pondering. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not just like, oh man, I saw the guy on the train. Because the the crazy part about it is, when you're reading it, it really takes you to another point, but then it brings you right back with like the main part of it is like comes like full circle and i think that's the the joy of it because while you're reading it you're like going along with it and then you get to the destination but also while you're at the destination it takes you right back to what the why the original thought was was pondered in the first place yeah yeah so so what, what i've been doing for those that are listening man i um i don't like to i don't like to uh push myself on people so, you know, I, I tell these stories periodically on IG story and I do it on IG stories because I feel like if you go to my IG story, that means you went to my page. That means you clicked on my story. So if you're doing that, that means the story's for you. Right. Right. I mean, I could easily do a status on Facebook and everybody see it, but it's not for everybody. So those that really enjoy the stories, they come back and, you know, I just wanted to kind of separate those who need to see it from those who don't want to see it. I don't want to like bombard people with the information, but you know, I just tell stories about things that I've experienced and I try to share them in a way that, you know, is entertaining, but yet there's a message that I want to be able to send. And my biggest thing, man, I want to get people to move away from being nice to being considerate. Mm. Um, I think we don't consider each other enough we don't consider what the other person is going through. And uh, my stories, a lot of times, the theme is about consideration. And that's just what I want to be able to get to, man. I uh, I was playing around with this hashtag on Facebook called, um, you know, I don't want cheese with my eggs, right? So I like scrambled eggs, but I hate cheese in my eggs. And I hate when people at restaurants assume that I want cheese in my <laughs> eggs, right? So we make a lot of assumptions in life about people. Yeah. We don't consider people. So like my stories are like for people that don't like cheese automatically being put on their eggs, right? Consider me, understand that I may not like that and take that extra step to kind of consider the person that you're across from. I mean, your publisher is going to tell you that's what you're going to make your, your name of your book is going to be, <laughs> I don't want to choose my eggs. Like <laughs> you buy all these stories, yeah. you already got the title. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the perfect antidote yeah. for the reason why that is the type. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love it. Like, um, I get ladies, it. Ladies, we're talking to uh, Mr. Silas Grant. He is a uh, he's a DC native. He's a father. 
Uh, he is a Hampton University uh, alum. Um, and he, he's our brother. Community leader. Yeah, he's community leader. I mean, you know, he's 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 a guy that, um you know, obviously Charles Barkley said, you know, I don't want to be your role model, but I really think that, you know, it, it is imperative for people. If, if you don't want to use that title, that's fine. But at least for someone to have, someone to look to that has some commonalities that may be from the same place that you're from um, and, you know, share some of the same experiences that you, that you've been going through. I think that is important. And that's something that obviously uh, Silas, you know, is, is putting out there uh, for not only for us to see, but for the youth. And I think that's important. So um, again, man, we salute you for hanging out with us. Uh, we're going to rock out for a couple more minutes of your time. And I know you got a, um, you know, you got another shift probably with your uh, baby girl to put in pretty soon. <laughs> so we don't want to hold you from that. Be on his duty. Yeah. A um, couple more things we wanted to talk about, though. Um, man, any anybody that, that, that follows you or knows you uh, knows that, uh, you know, if, if, if Tony Lewis Jr., if he's Jordan... You know, I, I'm not gonna call you Horace Graham. I'm gonna call you Scottie Pippen, man. Like, <laughs> the things, the things that he's doing to anybody, um, like people know him as Stump, Slug, Slug, yeah, 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 Slug. yeah, yeah. The things that he's doing, and you know, just um, the people, the the platforms he's been able to get his story out on. Um, you know, they they see that he's really passionate about some of the things you just talked about just now. Yeah, but I see also some of the things that you bring to the table that that's helped him just. Some of the things that I've observed. Talk about that relationship, man. Man, so I met Tony uh, in 2000 and maybe 10. And it was a chance meeting. So, again, me being from D.C., me still kind of being in the trenches, man. I was out on my bike at 3 in the morning hanging out in my neighborhood where I grew up. And me and the guys just out kicking it. And the police pull up. And it's the jump out squad. So they get out, unmarked car, all black on. And there's this short, stocky guy with a fitted hat. And he went to Howard. And, you know, I found that out because he's taking our IDs, running our IDs for warrants. I'm totally not supposed to be in this situation, right? <laughs> um, but he, he's taking our IDs and he's talking to us. He's cool, right? The guys that are drinking, he tells them, pour their drinks out. He's not going to do any citations. So I, I run into Tony at this event that was community-based, and I thought he was the same jump-out guy because he had a fitted hat on, and he worked for essentially a law enforcement agency. I told you guys earlier that D.C. doesn't have a state. So our prisoners go to the federal penitentiary system. Wow. If, yeah, you, have a, if you have a felony and you're serving more than 18 months, you go to the feds automatically, right? Damn. So he works for the agency that does supervision of DC residents in the federal system. He gotcha. helps them get jobs when they come home. Right. So he was he, he was at the uh, the event in his official capacity. I thought he was the police guy because he looked just like him. Yeah. And so when I asked him, was he that guy? He was like, no. And he looked at me kind of crazy, like, why would you think I was a police officer, right? <laughs> so. Um, he, he, we then ended up talking. We had a lot of mutual friends. He invited me to come to one of the classes that he teaches. I was a guest speaker there. I had him come to one of my classes with some kids that I was working with. And um, we built a relationship from there, man. And 
I think he is the foremost expert in the country on reentry. Yeah. Period. Bar, bar none. I don't think there's anybody working in reentry that understands it from from the perspective that he understands it from. And a part of that is because our inmates are so far away. They're in California. They're in South Dakota. They're in Kansas. So when they come home, they've got a larger hurdle to come over. And um, he's been able to help a lot of guys and women change their lives for the better, man. So, you know, since we met, I've been rocking with him and trying to help as much as I can. So, so hold, hold on, Bob. Yeah, um, no, please. For because we have an international audience. Yeah. Um. So, uh, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I I say that because a lot a lot of them may not understand what the term re-entry means. So just just kind of explain what 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 re-entry means and, and and why that's so important. So re-entry is essentially uh, the process of bringing a person who has served the sentence in prison back into society, getting them stabilized with their family getting them stabilized with employment, and most importantly, trying to avoid recidivism, which is them going back to prison. Right. Uh, and so there's so many elements that have to be addressed when an individual comes home from prison. Um, there's a psychological piece that goes along with it. Uh, there's a spiritual piece that goes along with it. And this agency that he works for, um, there are a number of people doing the job that he does around creating opportunities to connect them to the business community. But because of his personal story with a lot of family members of his being in prison yeah. and with his dedication to just becoming, you know, this expert in what it takes to have folks re-enter, he's just become like this unstoppable force, man. He's been on CNN, The Breakfast Club, Hot 97, uh, at the Aspen Institute, Man, he's just been able to, you know, you know, amass a large amount of like invitations to like large um, um, events and, and 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 outlets. He's written a book called "Slug: uh, Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration," which talks about his life, but loosely talks about the lives of a lot of boys who grew up in, in major cities in the '80s and '90s, and, and what it took to kind of survive that period. So, um, you know, when when he and I connected, man. Um, we just stayed connected. We've done a number of events together. The biggest event that we started with was a March for Peace, which was in response to a shooting of a white person at North Capitol in Florida, which is like a major intersection in DC. And we felt that the response was different for that than any of the other shootings that had taken place. And we just wanted to show people that, you know, black people care about the response to violence and, and how we resolve those issues. So we did a number of like peace walks and uh, we've been able to organize a lot of other violence interrupters throughout the city. And, you know, I think one of the things that we're both most proud of is that we're now mentoring young guys in their 20s who want to be activists as well. So that's the biggest takeaway from the awesome. whole relationship. Yeah. Um, one of the largest stories, unfortunately, of 2019 uh, actually touches on the uh, re-entry um, and it ended up um, someone doing an act of kindness with someone that was trying to re-enter society um, and the tragic you know, thing that happened with Nipsey Hussle. Um, just you mentioning that and, you know, just having people that care about people that are coming home. You know, the story goes that Nipsey was literally meeting his friend 
and you know he didn't see it as being something of a scheduled appointment or something where he needed security because he was just literally just trying to get his friend back on his feet so that he could do the things he needed to do in terms of seeing his family you know in a certain way and um i, I think uh, what you're speaking to uh, um speaking about in terms of re-entry is something that is very neglected because people just think that you just come home and then you know that's it but yeah you just it's just you know you start off and everything's yeah. all good yeah you got to get off to the right on the right foot and um like you said the work that you know he's been doing along with uh you know just uh talking to the not the not the so young youth but the ones that are in their 20s that still have their whole life ahead of them yeah you know yeah. uh and you know some some of them are already parents you know so it's just a matter of just really just you know just breaking that cycle yeah, let me let me let me say this about the Nipsey thing too, right? I, I I've thought about this a lot. I've not said this to anyone, so you guys are like the first people that I'm really verbally saying this to. Yeah. I don't think outside of old age, I don't think there's any other way that Nipsey would have wanted to die. Wow. Um and here's the thing, right? I we all, those of us who are engaged in our old neighborhoods, like, you know, I, I've got guys that are in the streets that'll call me any time of day or night, like, yo, come outside, I need to talk. You know, I've had guys tell me, man, I'm getting ready to go put work in. Can you talk me out of it? Yeah, I'm taking the risk standing outside at one in the morning with this guy. But if I lose my life doing that, then that's just what it has to be. Right. And I know I'm doing the right thing by trying to intervene. And um, if, if, if it takes Nipsey getting out of his bed to go get a shirt or two, yeah. One guy that just got 25 years just came home, man. Yeah. I don't think he would have rather died no other way other than old age. Hey, man, listen, that's that's a great way to look at it. Um, yeah. You know, we've talked about it. We, we definitely de dedicated a, a large portion of time talking about it um, once the dust settled and everything. But no, that that's a that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I, I, I can agree just from what we know. And just, you know, just that uh, selflessness that the act, you know, took yeah. to just even do it. You know that that's that's probably right definitely um again man uh you know <laughs> just bars just in a different way phil hey man bars is bars man bars are bars. <laughs> <laughs> um all right silas before before we head to the end of the show man um we actually uh wanted to talk to you about one more thing okay. and then we're gonna actually play another song um this song though we're gonna play before we talk about that one more thing with you uh, it's from Shelly the MC. Mm -hmm. This came out a couple years ago. Uh, it was a, it was a, a a fan favorite, a hometown favorite in DC. Uh, this joint is called Northeast Baby. And her, her energy. If anybody, we're gonna post the link. If anybody's able to watch this video, her energy in this video is exactly what you want somebody to look like when they're talking about their hometown. Yeah, hey, listen, real, real, real quick, man. Yeah. There's a guy, his name is I Am Northeast. He's a rapper. Okay. He's got a mixtape called Public Housing. And I'm yeah. telling you, he's talking that real DC yeah. Northeast talk, man. Okay. So like, yeah, you check him out when you okay. get a chance. Trust okay. me. Yeah, for those that don't know, I know I know Southeast DC gets a lot of publicity, and that's yeah, Northeast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you want to keep your head on the swivel everywhere. But everywhere. Uh, but no, Shelly the MC, Stillmatic, let's get into it. Let's go. 
<laughs> uh, once again, that was uh, Shelly the MC Northeast Baby. And as uh, Solace just mentioned, uh, I am Northeast. Check check them out, man. You know, yeah, we, man. Love, we love for, for new artists to get a little bit of shine. Yeah. Shout out to our guy Raheem Supreme, too, yes, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Killer Cow, who we mentioned earlier. In yeah, the shout out to uh, Just Davis. Yes. Absolutely. Um, the whole the whole area. <laughs> Does it bother yeah. you when you hear people not from DC say that? Um, nah. You know what? I, it's I love, like, man. It's not disrespect. No, no. But you know what though? Let me say this, right? This just may give you some more insight. Yeah. The people that you probably heard say that, <laughs> they're not necessarily always authentically DC. Yeah. So, gotcha. yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, see, see, I always thought it was for the for the people that weren't from the city, like the area, as in like the surrounding area of yeah. the city. That's, yeah. that's how I always just that's what I just assumed. Yeah, like, that, to. that's kind of how the DMV phrase got put together right. because there were people from like Maryland and Virginia who wanted to use that phrase to kind of unify, which I think it, it definitely helped because it, it's it's difficult trying to explain to somebody where you're from when you're when you're trying to do business right in music right. Um, I'm from Dumfries. I'm from Gaithersburg. I'm from Nah. With DMV, it, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think the 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 whole area thing was kind of like people saying I'm from that area, and they were trying to be as generic as possible because again, DC's so small. Right. When you start breaking it down and you start saying you're from somewhere you're not, oh, you get in a little trouble. Listen, listen, that happens all the time. So I'm in Texas. So, you know, every now and then we'll see, you know, license plates from, from all over the place. But, uh-huh. You know, me being from Virginia, it's not really a big deal if you say you're from wherever in Virginia. Like, I don't really care. But my wife's from South Philly, and as much as how Phil was saying, like, she, she's never been to his neighborhood. Like, uh-huh. like she's, like, literally, South Philly, her block, like, her street, like, that's, that's home. And, like, the rest of the city is kind of whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, that's just how it is, but... I've had people definitely be like, she's like, oh, you from, you know, wherever, where, where you from? Oh, I'm from Philly. She's like, oh yeah, what part? She's like, oh, uh, well, I'm actually from, uh, from, from Haverford or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chester. Uh, uh, from Chester. She's like, she's like, see, nor- normally, like people might get at you, but I see where you're coming from. We're 1,800 miles away. Yeah. If you say that to the average person, they're yeah. gonna be like, Chester, where, you know, what yeah. is that? But she's just like. I feel, I feel where you're coming from. She's like, yeah, you, man, don't have it, to, you know, you don't have to do that. It's like I was saying, like I was like, I live. I was telling somebody, um, like, I live in Virginia, and they're like, oh, the DMV, and I was, and I was, and I went to go into explain, like technically, like I'm not, I'm where I live in Virginia is not the DMV, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. far from it. But it was, it was <laughs> like trying to explain. I just was like, yeah. I tell people, I people like, oh, Virginia, oh, Virginia Beach, Pharrell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I've, I've literally been to Virginia Beach like two times in my life to the beach, you know. So it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yes, that's that's where I'm from. So I that, get it. That, that was probably the, that 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 music fest was probably the, the second time Pharrell been to. The, <laughs> it, 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 what is down there? And he, yeah, 
he he just forced the hand. He was too he was too big to fail, yo. Well, he yeah. he, ta- he talked about all the money that he was gonna bring to the area, and they were like, "Oh yeah, let's do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, um, it, it went off without a hitch. I de- I definitely got it. I, 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 yeah, definitely. Big yeah. Um. All right, Silas. One last thing, man. Before we before we let you get back to your duties, man. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just 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 one last thing man cowboys record this year coming up man 10 and 6 or better i'm gonna say better i'm gonna say about 11 and 5. winning win win the division 11 and 5. here's the thing right when they've had a healthy quarterback since like 2013 they've stumbled into 11 wins every year mm. Mm. Every year, I yeah. mean, like if you look consistently, the they last only had the hiccup because of, of Zeke and all his turmoil. Yeah, when well, yeah, that that one that and, was it. And that year they went nine and seven. That nine year. and seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I think they've got the formula in the regular season to win eleven games. What they right. do in the playoffs, that's a different ball game. But I, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I think they can go like eleven and five. Eleven and five. Um, uh, one more thing about the Cowboys. So we see the blueprint. Kaepernick and his rookie contract with the the one of the best rosters ever assembled. Uh, Russell Wilson and his rookie contract. Oh, sorry, folks. Um, Russell Wilson and his rookie contract, one of the best defenses assembled. Dallas Cowboys, one of the best defenses right now. Right now, yeah. one of the best defenses right now. But your quarterback's on a rookie deal. If he happens to get paid, does that end everything? Does that shut the window? Yeah, I'm not the expert with the cap stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I, I listen to my friends talk about that stuff. I just don't, yeah. I've never really gotten like acclimated with it, but. Um, like right now, right now he's making be. four. Yeah. He's he making 30. 30, yeah, I, I, don't, I am aware of that. I am aware of that. I, I don't know how I feel about that. But, um, I, I know you know this you could pay five or six guys with that 26 million dollars yeah it's not even the five or six guys it's the one superstar talent that's usually going to come on either the defensive yes the defensive front seven or the offensive line they're not going to be able to keep all the, all the <coughs> defensive linemen that they've been stockpiling and the offensive line as it currently is and pay Dak and got to turn right around and pay Zeke. So, so are you okay with him being that guy oh, for the oh, next eight and years? Oh, and Mark, yeah, Mark Cooper, yeah. Are you okay with him being the, that guy for the next eight Thanksgivings? I, I, I am, man. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, right? <laughs> I, I have seen him. So I, first of all, I'm a very big Tony Romo fan, very big fan of Romo, right? If, he, I, was, if he was so good, if he's so good in the booth, why couldn't he do that on the field? Well, here's the thing: you got to do it fast on the field. You got, you got, you got. We got 1.3 seconds into the field. <laughs> you got the yeah. commercial break and a whole, te- a whole production team, right? I, I, I actually, I'm not the a truck. big fan. I'm not a big fan of people, you know, who, who, um, like I don't like when athletes feel like people who didn't play the game can't analyze i think that's a different skill set yeah yeah. I, I, that's I, a different skill set um to to watch it versus to be in it so that's that's one thing but i'm a big romo fan but i've never seen that look like he's in despair on the sideline 
And right. you look at every game. You hear this, Phil? You hear this? This I've, is good insight, man. I've, I've never seen also, like, look at the games where he's thrown picks and then watch his stats after he throws a pick. Yeah. He improves vastly after interception. This this is, sounds like champion talk. Our <laughs> 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 brother, who we mentioned earlier, King. Yeah, Shea, yeah. He, I, he, I, I talk to him all the time. He's a diehard Cowboy fan, and he and he played football, and he knows the game. So the 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 little and he said the same thing about yeah. the fact that you just said. Um, yeah. um, that's all well and good. <laughs> the only thing I always say that it's the Mike Tyson philosophy, man. Everybody has a plan yep. until you get punched in the face. That's true. Uh, as 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 long as that offensive line is intact and he's not getting punched in the face, yeah, yeah, he can bounce back from his decision making. And yeah. you know, if if we saw what happens when the, when the offensive line isn't where it should be, so. Yeah. Again, it really comes back on on him. If he obviously, who's going to turn down thirty million dollars if you can get it? I, yeah, not him. He, he would be a fool to turn it down. Yeah. Um, but at the same it. time, yeah, he say at the same it, time. Yeah. He said at the same time what? Yeah. It's going to hamper the team. Yeah. Exactly. There it is. That that's that's the that's the catch twenty two. Yeah. yeah. I mean that all that means is we got to win it this year. <laughs> I don't I think mean, people could take it if y'all did, man. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I, oh my god. But, yeah. but I mean, but and even even though you 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 have jokingly said it, that's that's the dead serious truth. The the way the NFL is structured, you almost have to get it. You have to get your quarterback, get them playing. That's why you can't wait for these dudes to develop. Uh-uh. You gotta you gotta get them in there. Play them. That's why if you look at all the dudes that that have gone to the Super Bowl, you we mentioned Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. He was on his rookie deal when yeah. he did it. He played against Kaepernick, who was on his rookie deal. Russell Wilson went to back to back Super Bowls on a rookie deal. Yeah. The only other dudes that that went to the bowl that had created Matt Ryan, I think was he didn't get his money until the year right after he went to the bowl. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's but, Yeah, but uh um Brady takes hometown discounts because his wife is, you know, Uber. Yeah, yeah she got a bag. Yeah, she she, <laughs> she, she, she got a she got a uh, book bag, a duffel bag, yeah. a suitcase. Um, but the only dude that we really seen that was getting ridiculous amounts of money was was Peyton. And that's only because everybody else around him was on rookie deals. Yeah. Von Miller was on a rookie deal and he didn't and he got paid the next year and then they didn't go back. Yeah. You know, after they won. Yeah. Um, so it's it's you know, uh they have receivers on rookie deals, offensive linemen and defensive linemen on rookie deals. I think only Peyton and and uh a couple of the corners were getting like, you know, top money. Yeah. So at some somewhere on the field. Your the your best players can't be match players. Yeah. It's the way the NFL is structured, or you're gonna you're gonna end up in a situation where you have like these these titans at at the positions where you have a Cam Newton and you have a uh oh I'm drawing a blank linebacker boy white dude 
Oh, Keekly. Keekly. Both ridiculous. Like when they went to the Super Bowl again, those two dudes, they weren't both the highest paid at their positions, but they are now. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it hampered every. They had to start getting rid of people, cutting their losses. You know, and it really, it really, where it really kills you is death. Like you can have that great, you know, front four, but you're not going to have those three backups to rotate in and out, mm. you know, to get those guys breathers. That's why the Packers team. Yeah, and and not to uh the hit you where it hurt vibe, but that's why you get a, a tired defensive line that that gets a bullshit holding call or a phantom offsides offsides. Now had you had you had that that paper to be able to rotate now you guys you're going to, you're about to face that in what you got what two more years yeah, he, he'll get he'll get his extension next summer yeah but you, you you got two seasons yeah of you know of this football where you can load up in other positions and, and that's where they taking their shots you know if you know you're one you're one all sides away from you know being in that 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 combo with the the cheap quarterbacks picking mm-hmm. the, the championship. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna meet the Cowboys in the Super Bowl size, and when we do, we're gonna have to get you back on, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Team, team <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> so disgusting. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, brother, man. We nah, appreciate man. you hanging out with us. I appreciate yeah. you guys, man. Yeah. Um fa- fatherhood uh fits you well, brother, suits you well. So salute to you. Thank you guys, man. Um, and, and we definitely uh we, we wanted to do this for a couple years, but we want to make sure that we we definitely as we grow, we keep you in the loop and you know we, we hope to collaborate with you soon. You, you were already extended family, but you, you yeah, you, you're a heat holder now. So I'm gonna go back and listen to this and you know get some more jewels, you know. <laughs> yeah, you man. Know? You guys anytime, man. I love yeah. it. I appreciate it, man. Um, Phil, uh, anything you want to say to Silas before we let him go? Man, just appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, we need so many more people across this great nation and across the world, honestly, to to follow your lead. I mean, we could all do more, but just every everything that you do on behalf of your hometown has to be commended is is nothing nothing but respect to you for everything that you're doing man we we appreciate you um and you know all 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 i ask is when you when you get in that mayor seat man never ever 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 <laughs> ever let them get away with that the, the team name I, I know we 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 we've thrown it about uh-huh. a few times here we have we have to do something about it. it's a it's a little personal thing that I that I got with with uh the the OG Americans but um that's a whole another podcast that we'll 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 talk about oh we'll talk about that off air actually but <laughs> I I'll know I'll know I'll know you'll be in a position to uh the the uh force their hand. That's actually why a part of the reason why they haven't come back to DC actually. Mm. Um yes, yeah, part of the reason. I've heard, I've heard that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the, the town is so liberal now that yeah. there's no way that they could get away with financing a stadium. 
Um, and every time the Redskins get good, that's when the topic comes back up because they want them. They, they want them back in the yeah, district. Yeah, they, they want them back in the district. They've set up the infrastructure for it. Uh, they put together the streetcar, which conveniently stops right at RFK. <laughs> um, you know, because we. When you go to FedEx, there's nothing to do out there in Landover, right? But right. when you go to RFK, you take the trolley down to H Street, and like that's like the bar central, right? So, it, it would, I mean, it would be a great revenue thing, but yeah, you know, OG mm, that, that's, the, that's the missing piece. In order for them to come back, they would have to have that conversation. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. It, and it's nothing but them just being stubborn. Like, there's no reason why they can't change it. Yeah, there's no reason why they can't. If but if, yeah. if bullets. If bullets was was something that you didn't want to have, why would you want to have that? Then? Well, you know? well, a, a Poland was the person behind the bullets thing. He owned the, the bullets, yeah. so he was the one that changed it. He felt that, given the violence at the time in the nineties, right. so yeah, and Snyder's yeah. like whatever. Kiss my yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, listen, we're gonna talk to you about this uh, very soon in terms of just everything else you got going on uh, between now and then, man. Salute, and we'll be in touch. Thank you, brother. My man, tissue in the tape, man. My guys, appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. Solid grand, everybody. Yes. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, guys, man. I, I enjoyed it, man. I love this stuff, man. No doubt, man. All right, Phil. We we got uh we got two minutes to just cover uh, some things just real quick. I'm gonna talk okay. very fast, and and then you'll sign off. Okay. Wu Tang. Uh, Showtime's of Mike's of Men. Phenomenal. It's available right now. There's four episodes of the docu-series. Please check it out. Uh, learn about your favorite uh, super group, Wu-Tang, uh, Netflix, Ava's, uh, When They See Us, May 31st. Trump was um, wrong, as usual. Yeah, oh yeah. No, and, and this is another somewhat of like a series as well. So um, definitely got to check this out as well. Might be a little emotional to get through, but about to sit your part yeah um phil you'll like this netflix is uh beats starring uh anthony anderson yuzo uh from um orange is a new black uh june 19th trailer is out uh looks pretty good man looks looks pretty good check that out uh speaking of hampton university we just had three hampton grads on the line so we got to talk about another one uh wanda sykes not normal uh that'll be available on netflix uh may 21st salute to her on big's birthday haha -ha. yeah. um and last but not least man the greatest the goat the greatest of all time uh muhammad ali uh his um spring hill production slash uninterrupted slash lebron and maverick slash <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call it um their documentary uh what's my name muhammad ali uh, is is currently out on HBO now, uh, directed by Antoine uh, Fuqua. Uh, definitely something you got to check out because anytime uh, Muhammad Ali is is documented, and you know how LeBron gets down, it's going to be thorough. Uh, yep. You got to check it out, man, because he's the greatest. Absolutely. Um, on, that note, <laughs> on that note, man, listen, I'm Silas Grant, when I'm, even when I'm by myself. I'm <laughs> Phil Matic, even when I'm by myself. Yes, sir. Man, I'm Hampton University, even when I'm by myself. Bro, mm -hmm. it's you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and most importantly, man, I'm hip-hop, even when I'm by myself. Philmatic, take us out with the fader. Okay, gang. Um, I, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, – uh, this is 
the uh the the first show after Mother's Day. So of course, I have to give it a, a a shout out to uh all the mothers in the world. You know, um our mothers, uh new mothers, um the the true heat holders of the world. Um. We we literally wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in this moment without y'all. So thank you for everything. Um, and you know how we do, Vibe. We work for the money. We live for the love. But we die for what we believe in. This is tissue in the tape. So please, if you don't do nothing in your life, respect he holders. Ask Joe and them. <laughs> <laughs> they do hip hop better than you. Oh, this is Tissy in the tape. Like that, Daddy. Like that, baby. Love. Hey, love. Love. I'm a Northeast baby, bitch. I swam too cold. I got three different numbers, so I can earn your code. I'm shocked with these niggas, cause they selling they souls. He say he ain't gon' switch up, but I swear he gon' fold. I'm a Northeast baby, bitch. I swam too cold. I got three different numbers, so I can earn your code. I'm shocked with these niggas, cause they selling they souls. He say he ain't gon' switch up, but I swear he gon' fold. I'm a Northeast baby, this my side of the jungle. Like a 